BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the star-spangled man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie dust out of your pocket, Neverlander. Sprinkle some pixie dust around so you can fly away with your happiest thought. And with me, Jeremy, your spider pan to lead the way. We're going to have some fun this week. We're going to take some time to talk a little bit of Star Wars with Mr. Dale Wintland from Network 1901. There are several shows available on Network 1901 for your podcast and YouTube enjoyment. He has got some new shows coming along there. And one of them, he actually found somebody who had never seen a Star Wars film before. So we're going to talk about that. Also, Dale likes to come up with some very interesting Star Wars theories, so you're going to hear all about that. This is going to be a great day to be a Star Wars fan to listen to these conversations. This is going to be a little bit different. I'm starting to enjoy just having other you know, fans on with me and just have conversations, so uh, we're going to kind of do that a few, a few times. I think we'll make that a more you know, common thing. I've, I've done this before in the past, but I'm having fun with it, so I'm going to schedule a few more hyper-recordings to just geek out on stuff. So uh, hopefully you're going to enjoy that sort of thing. I do have some news to share with you. A lot of this was actually things that I recorded for my show on UCM The Beat. Uh, you can listen to that streaming. I, I've been putting up links on my Facebook page, and there are links in the show notes, so you can go and check that out. That is my daily show that I have. I'm playing Disney music five days a week at 4 a.m. or 4 p.m., sorry, central time and i'm having a good time doing that but i've gotten myself so busy that i haven't been able to do anything normal when it comes to the podcast sometimes 
Uh, so I haven't got Eric on here to talk the news with me, and it's always more fun to talk with Eric when we have the news on. But Eric will be back, I promise you that. In fact, there's an event coming up, Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City. And if everything goes right, Eric will be in town for that. We are going to be hosting a panel talking about Walt Disney's time in Kansas City. I'm also teaming up with another podcaster from the Overland Park area. He is also a Disney podcaster from Diz Dads. His name is Aaron Rittmaster, and we're going to host a panel talking all about podcasting and giving you some coaching and some ideas of how you might be able to get one started. Now, this is going to be April 28th through the 30th, so if you're in the Kansas City area or Missouri or feel like traveling to the area to come check it out, Planet Comic Con is going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're going to have Kevin Eastman and uh, Rick Flair. I mean, a lot of great guests. It's going to be fun. I'll talk a little bit more about that as we get a little closer to the event. But, of course, it'll be a lot of fun if you come to the panel with Eric and I. It'll be great to see you. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm very excited about it. I got to host a panel last year, which I do have video up on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So go check it out. Uh, but other than uh, mentioning that the Oscars are today, which I'm not going to mention like any nominations or anything because I don't really pay that much attention to the Oscars and we can really just talk about the winners next time. I think it would make more sense at this point. Uh, I do want to mention that Bill Paxton has passed away at age 61 from a complications of a surgery. Uh, you're going to know Bill Paxton from Titanic. Uh, from Tombstone, from The Terminator, from Twister, any other T movies. Uh, also, Aliens, you know, uh, great actor. Uh, he will be missed, and I do want to mention that. But now it's time to get to all the news that I managed to collect that I was sharing this week on The Beat in various segments. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Hey there, is Tokyo Disney a part of your 2017 plans? Well, if it is, on April 21st, they're going to open a second Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Or boutique, however you prefer to say that word. So you might want to wait until after then. Now, if you don't know what the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is, this is where you can bring your daughters in or yourself if you happen to be, you know, a bit older and you want to do this. But you get a little bit of a Disney princess-inspired makeover. And I believe you can even get some photos done after you've had your whole makeup. Uh, there's Because there's photo packages, of course, that are cont- they're very professional quality images because this is Disney. There's a variety of backdrops to choose. But it's, you know... It's the makeover that you're really after. This is where you have a lot of fun. And I remember in Walt Disney World seeing little girls dressed up as their favorite Disney princess and just having a ball. So if you're planning to go to Tokyo Disney sometime after April 21st, you'll have twice as much opportunity to try to get an appointment in there to either get your own makeover with photos or to get your daughter in for that makeover, whichever you'd prefer. Here's some exciting news from the world of Cars. We actually know a little bit about three characters from the new Cars 3. We have one character. He's this blue car here. It's a 2017 custom-built next-gen Piston Cup racer named Jackson Storm, played by Army Hammer. You might remember Army Hammer from that live-action Lone Ranger movie or for playing a pair of twins in The Social Network, you know, the story of Facebook. We also have a 2017 CRS Sports Coupe, all yellow in color. That is an unconventional trainer named Cruz Ramirez, played by Cristela Alonso. Uh, we're excited to see what her role might be, considering this sounds like a Rocky film, uh, because you know we do have 
The Lightning Queen kind of goes through a bit of a loss and looks like a wreck, and so maybe this trainer's going to come along to help him. And there's a little bit of a facelift here that you can find on OhMyDisney.com that shows Lightning McQueen's new look. Uh, I, I don't know if this is like supposed to be the rebuilt version of Lightning McQueen. Uh, it is a little bit more sleeker, uh, kind of a very cool design. He's it's supposed to be a 2006 custom-built Piston Cup racer. Looks very, very cool. Uh, I, I think it is a little different. It's I mean, He's got some of the same design that we're used to. It's got kind of a... A lightning to fire look on his paint job now and he does have seem to have a different look to him and I figure this is after he gets rebuilt this is coming back to theaters on June 16 and every time I see something I actually get a little excited May 27th has officially been announced as the opening day of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. This is, of course, the attraction that will be replacing the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror over in Disneyland. Now, many people are upset that they are losing the Tower of Terror, but they are gaining a new attraction. It's new theming, really. It's the same attraction that it has been with the elevator. It just now has the theme of escaping from the Collector who has made you part of his collection. No word yet on if the up-and-down elevator will be anything similar to the original Guardians of the Galaxy film where we did see Rocket forcing people to ride up and down to escape from the prison. Or the kiln. Okay, this is a story that it's very difficult to not have an opinion in. The Mary Poppins Returns film starring Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know him, the great song composer who I believe actually sung one of the songs in Moana. Well, they're of course starring in Mary Poppins Returns and it has begun production. Now, I really don't see any way that this film can ever live up to the classic Mary Poppins film, but they're still going for it. Now, I did find this in the OhMyDisney.com website. It says P.L. Travers did write seven additional books that continued the tale of Mary Poppins, but they have never been brought to film until now. So Mary Poppins' return is set in 1930s London, which is the time period of the original novels by P.L. Travels. Travers, sorry. Uh, the story follows Michael, played by Ben Winshaw, and Jane Banks, by, played by Emily Mortimer, who are now grown up. Michael is living with his three children, Pixie Davies, Nathaniel Salah and Joel Dawson and housekeeper Ellen played by Julie Walters and the house on Cherry Tree Lane and after Michael has a personal loss Mary Poppins played by Emily Blunt comes back into the lives of the Banks family she is joined by a street lamplighter named Jack played by Lin-Manuel Miranda and an who is an eccentric cousin named Topsy Meryl Streep and we are also excited that Dick Van Dyke will be playing a role in the film as Mr. Dawes Jr., the chairman of Fidelity Fiduciary Bank, which is now run by William Weatherthal Wilkins, played by Colin Firth. And we could not be more excited for the cast. Well, that's what they say. I am still in no fashion excited about this, because the this is an iconic film, and trying to make a sequel of it is just... Boy, do I ever have my doubts. However, you know, it's being directed by Rob Marshall, who did Into the Woods in Chicago, which I guess Chicago was good, Into the Woods was terrible. Uh, it's being produced by John DeLuca of Chicago, Mark Platt, who did La La Land, which I still haven't seen, but apparently is good. The screenplay has been written by David McGee, who wrote Life of Pi, which I guess is a good thing, because apparently that movie was fantastic, I didn't see that one either. And it's based on the Mary Poppins stories by P.L. Travers. Uh, there's going to be some new songs written by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, who wrote the songs for Hairspray. You still got one remaining Sherman brother, and you didn't even get him to write your songs? There's nothing about this that gets me really excited for this sequel to Mary Poppins. Here's some exciting Muppets news, but I think it'd be better if I let Miss Piggy tell you about Hello, it. Hello, friend. 
friends. Today, I am so excited to share with you the biggest entertainment news of the year. This September, at the fabulous and legendary Hollywood Bowl, the fabulous and legendary moi will be performing in my new one-woman show called Moi, live on stage. There'll be music, dancing, costume changes, chorus boys. Miss Piggy, I beg your pardon, but how many times do we need to explain to you that this announcement is not about you? What? 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 are you talking about? Well, it's about the Muppets. Yes, the Muppets are appearing this September at the Hollywood Bowl. Kermit, Fozzie, Gonzo, the Electric Mayhem Band, yours truly, Uncle Deadly, and all the rest will be live on stage in a rare and riotous command performance. All right, all right, mm. fine, but I'm the star, right? Very well. Mm. You are the star. But it's just not a one-woman show. Okay, okay, let's take it from the top. All right. This September, be there at the Hollywood Bowl for the world premiere performance of The Muppets and Moi in Moi! Live on stage with a bunch of weirdos! Oh. It's not completely untrue. <laughs> All right, so we're done here, right? Yes. What's for lunch? <laughs> it's not the chicken cordon bleu again. All right, now, if you are between the ages of 18 and 24, have I ever got some news for you for a great contest? If you go to partners.disney.com slash Disney dash emoji dash contest, you should find this. Or just go to partners.disney.com. It should be on the front page. That way you can get a chance to enter this. This is a chance. Let me just read this directly. Five grand prize winners will win a trip from May 21st through May 27th, 2017 to Los Angeles, California, where they will participate in a unique experience with Disney and Adobe. To enter, of course, you must be a secondary school student who is 18 to 24 years old and upload an emoji that you've created that meets the following criteria. The emoji should be a character's face from a Disney feature film. The emoji should express one of the following emotions, happiness, sadness, fear, excitement, or confusion. The emoji should be a static, not animated image. The, the contest is as told by you, so your entry must be your original artwork. Backgrounds, props, etc. may be included in the submission, but are optional. See the official rules and contest do's and dots on the website. Uh, grand prize winners must be available, of course, to travel to Los Angeles from May 21st to May 27th. There's a lot of different rules in here. Make sure you go to partners.disney.com and you can read all about it. It's it's very exciting. Uh, this is You're going to be on site for five days at Disney Interactive's Los Angeles area campus. Winners will be able to pers- participate in a schedule of events that will give them the opportunity to meet with the Disney team behind the As Told By Emoji video that retails Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 using a modern storytelling medium emoji. Winners will also have the opportunity to participate in a creative cloud coaching session led by Adobe. This unique experience will allow students to see how the magic is made while they observe experts in the field. Winners will also receive a 12-month membership to Adobe Creative Cloud so that they can keep exploring their creativity after the trip is over. There are some additional prizes, so it's definitely worth it to enter. If you're able to create some good emojis, definitely go over to the website and enter this one. If I was just 15 years younger, I would do this myself. Let's take a ride at a Disney park. Let's take a ride right now. Boom, boom. Okay, got it wrong. 
1901, you are cleared for departure. Initiate takeoff sequence. What? On the takeoff sequence, initiate R2-D2, what's going on here? We are not ready for takeoff. The captain isn't on board yet. You never can't find this thing. No, neither can you. We need a proper pilot.
people you make it. You are all heroes of the rebellion. I'd rather like the sound of that. Now be careful out there with all of you. The Empire is watching. Pardon me, but how do we get back to a Star Tours terminal? Please remain seated until the captain has opened the exit doors. You may then unlatch your safety restraints by pressing the release button on your left. Make sure you have all your personal belongings as you exit. Thank you for flying Star Tours. Goodbye. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star Wars, A New Hope. You can also read along with the story in your book. Unless you are already programmed to know when the pages end, you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear this sound. I believe the storyteller is ready, so let us begin. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There was a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships fighting for freedom had won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret design plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's agents, Princess Leia of Alderaan raced home aboard her rebel starship carrying the plans that could save her people. Suddenly, a laser blast rocked Princess Leia's starship. Inside, two droids, C-3PO and R2-D2, tried to steady themselves. The larger of the two, C-3PO turned to his small counterpart, R2-D2. We'll be destroyed for sure. This is madness. The starship began to shake, straining against an invisible force. It was caught in the tractor beam of an Imperial Star Destroyer and was being pulled into a docking bay. In a burst of flame, the hatch to the Rebel starship was opened and Imperial stormtroopers poured in, firing in every direction. The Rebel soldiers were quickly overtaken. A massive, black-cloaked figure stepped through the charred doorway. It was the Dark Lord of the Sith, the feared Darth Vader. In another part of the ship, C-3PO was looking for R2-D2, whom he'd lost during the attack. Following the familiar sound of his friend, C-3PO came across a beautiful woman kneeling in front of the little droid. She turned and quickly slipped into the shadows. There you are. Where have you been? Mission? What mission? C-3PO followed the little droid as he entered an escape pod. I'm going to regret this. The pod burst from the ship and headed for Tatooine, the planet below. 
Within moments, Princess Leia was captured and brought before the Dark Lord. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to this ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are a part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. On the desert planet of Tatooine, C-3PO and R2-D2's escape pod had landed. No sooner had they disembarked than they were captured by the Jawas, a group of little hooded creatures. My doom. Do you think they'll melt us down? Scavengers by nature, the Jawas claimed the droids as their own and sold them to Owen Lars, a moisture farmer and guardian of Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke, take these two over the garage, will you? I want you to have both of these cleaned up before dinner. As C-3PO was lowered into an oil bath, Luke began to clean the little R2 unit. You got a lot of carbon scoring here. It looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. With all we've been through, sometimes I'm amazed we're in as good condition as we are. What with the rebellion and all? You know of the rebellion against the Empire? That's how we came to be in your service, if you take my meaning, sir. Excited by this link to the rebellion, Luke turned back to R2-D2 and discovered an object in his head rotation joint. Well, my little friend, you've got something jammed in here real good. Were you in a star cruiser or a... There was a flash of light, and suddenly, R2-D2 began projecting a holographic image of Princess Leia into the center of the room. Luke sat there, dazzled. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who is she? She's beautiful. The stubborn R2 unit refused to play back the entire message. C-3PO interpreted the little droid's mechanical beeps for Luke. He says that he is the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a resident of these parts, and it's a private message for him. I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. I beg your pardon, sir, but do you know what he's talking about? Well, I don't know anyone named Obi-Wan, but old Ben lives out beyond the Dune Sea. He's kind of a strange old hermit. Fearing that the droids may have been stolen, Luke set off to deliver them to Ben Kenobi, along with a secret message. Luke presented Ben with the droids. I saw part of a message R2-D2 was to... I seem to have found it. My father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Ben turned to Luke. I was once a Jedi Knight, like your father. My father was a Jedi? Yes, and this was his lightsaber. Ben handed Luke the sword. He wanted you to have it when you were old enough. You should learn the ways of the Force, if you're to come with me to Alderaan. I can't leave here. I'll take you as far as Anchorhead. Oh, you must do what you feel is right, of course. On their way to Anchorhead, 
Luke, Ben, and the droids came across the Jawa sand crawler, destroyed by Imperial troops. If they traced the robots here, they may have learned who they sold them to, and that would lead them back home. Wait, Luke! It's too dangerous! But Luke was already in his land speeder and gone. When he arrived at the farm, he was devastated to find all that he had ever known destroyed and smoldering. Sadly, he returned to Ben. I want to come with you to Alderaan. There's nothing here for me now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Though their destination was clear, they still needed a ship and a pilot to take them there. The best place to find the pilot was the Mos Eisley Cantina, home to a strange assortment of creatures from throughout the galaxy. Ben took Luke around and made some introductions. Chewbacca here. He's first mate on a ship that might suit us. The tall Wookiee led them to a table off in the corner, where they met a rough-looking star pilot. I'm Solo. I'm the captain of the Millennium Falcon. You guys got yourself a ship. We'll leave as soon as you're ready, docking Bay 94. While Luke and Ben set off to sell the land speeder for some extra money, Han returned to his ship, only to be met by the hideous gangster Jabba the Hutt. The vicious Hutt demanded the money that Han owed him. The captain tried to gain some time. I got a nice easy charter now. Pay you back plus a little extra. Jabba agreed, but he made it clear that if Han failed again, he would put such a high price on his head that he wouldn't be able to go anywhere without an army of bounty hunters waiting to collect it. This is the end of side one. Please turn the page and turn the tape over. The Millennium Falcon took off, racing toward Alderaan. Meanwhile, at Alderaan, the Death Star had just entered orbit. On board, Darth Vader was taking the Princess to the commander of the space station. Princess Leia, before your execution, I would like you to be my first guest at a ceremony that will make this battle station fully operational. No star system will dare oppose the Emperor now. He turned to the technician. You may fire when ready. A beam of light shot out of the Death Star, and the planet Alderaan exploded in a tremendous fireball. At the same moment, the Millennium Falcon came out of hyperspace and was suddenly pelted with debris from the destroyed planet. The only thing seemingly intact was a small moon nearby. That's no moon. That's a space station. Ben's right. Suddenly, the ship shook violently. Han grabbed the controls. We're caught in a tractor beam. They're pulling us in. When the Falcon docked, the Imperial search crew jumped on board. But they found the ship empty. Shaking their heads in disbelief, they left. Han, along with the others, emerged from secret compartments and climbed aboard the Death Star. While Ben set off to deactivate the tractor beam, R2 plugged into a Death Star computer and discovered that Princess Leia was aboard. 
Luke persuaded Han and Chewbacca to help him rescue her. They knocked out some guards, took their uniforms, and disguised themselves as stormtroopers, escorting their prisoner, Chewbacca. Once inside the detention block, they located Leia's cell. She was startled as her door opened and an unusual stormtrooper entered. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Suddenly, lasers were exploding around them. The Imperial troops had our heroes completely covered. They forced them down a hallway with no means of escape. Well, this is some rescue. When you came in here, didn't you have a plan for getting out? The princess grabbed Luke's blaster and ripped open a hole in the wall. Into the garbage chute, flyboy. One by one, they all dove into the hole, landing safely in a huge garbage bin. Without warning, the walls began to close in on them. They landed in a trash compactor. It took all their strength to keep the four sides from crushing them. And for a while, it didn't look good. Then Luke suddenly remembered the droids. He contacted them on his comlink and instructed R2 to shut down all the garbage mashers. Everyone escaped with barely a scratch. Meanwhile, Ben had deactivated the tractor beam. Stealthily, the old Jedi made his way back through the hallways to the Falcon. And suddenly, he felt the presence of the Dark Lord. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now, I am the master. On went his lightsaber. Ben quickly ignited his sword, too. Only a master of evil, Darth. You can't win. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Luke and his friends arrived at the docking bay where the Falcon was in sight. But there was a strange commotion going on at one end, and a group of stormtroopers were watching it closely. It was the battle between the Dark Lord and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Vader would swing, and Ben would block. But when the old Jedi saw Luke, a serene look came over him. He stopped fighting, closed his eyes, and raised his sword to his face. Vader swept his lightsaber through Obi-Wan's cloak. But suddenly he was gone. Only his robes, in a crumpled heap, remained. Luke was horrified. No! The stormtroopers spun around and opened fire. Leia and the droids raced to the ship as Han, Chewbacca, and Luke fired back. Within seconds, the Millennium Falcon shot out of the docking bay. But it was not alone. Four Imperial TIE fighters were hot on its trail. Han showed Luke the gun ports. Come on, buddy, we're not out of this yet. The attack was severe. But our young heroes won. Afterward, they arrived at Rebel headquarters with the Death Star plans. But Darth Vader had placed a homing beacon aboard the Millennium Falcon, and the Imperial Death Star was approaching. Using the secret plan, the Rebels launched their ships and headed straight for the Death Star. They zoomed across the surface of the space station as enemy laser cannons fired back. It soon became obvious that the Imperial troops had to fight the rebels ship to ship. 
Waves of TIE fighters screamed out of the Death Star and attacked. Even Darth Vader himself manned a fighter. The Empire was gaining ground. One rebel pilot had failed to hit the weak spot of the space station. Now, it was up to Luke. But Vader was right on Luke's heels. The Force is strong with this one. As Vader was about to fire, a laser shot ripped past him and hit his wingman. The explosion sent Vader's ship spinning into space. You're clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. It was Han. As Luke raced to hit the target, he heard Ben's voice. Use the force, Luke. Luke fired two proton torpedoes at the Death Star. It was a direct hit. The rebel ships raced into hyperspace, just as the space station exploded in a tremendous flash. With the destruction of the Death Star, the rebels had won one of their great victories over the Empire. Hundreds of rebel troops gathered together to honor Han Solo and Luke Skywalker for their heroic deeds during the battle. Princess Leia awarded the two men with medals of valor as the crowd cheered their triumph. Through the happiness, however, the rebels knew that though the dreaded Death Star had been destroyed, the Empire, the Emperor, and Darth Vader were still in power and a threat to freedom. But all that would have to wait until the next adventure. Alrighty, so y'all remember Dale Wentland, formerly of the D-Cast. Well, he's back. He's doing some new things with Network 1901, and you're starting up a new show that sounded kind of fun. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. well, basically, um, Andy just wanted to go do his own thing, and so, um, like, we're, we're still tight, and everything was fine, and we're just understood that he wanted to have more flexibility, not working with a group and just working by himself, and so the, the D-Cast uh, continues on 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 its own decast feed but uh i've stayed with network 1901 and we started a new monday show called disney culture club and we've continued a lot of the same things from the decast you know it focuses on movies we do a box office rundown we do this week on youtube where we highlight uh, people on youtube but we started to focus a little more on community with our community shout outs the 401 on 1901 and we talk about what's happening on the network because we do three youtube videos and three podcasts a week so it's good to help people uh stay informed and uh, yeah the the one that you were talking about here recently was and i don't remember what you said you were calling it but you're going to you found you actually found somebody who has never seen star wars yeah it's, and you're going to sit with them and watch yeah did i even first mention that on on your because it's been a while since we've we've chatted and i miss you yeah. and i'm glad that i'm back on here <laughs> well i saw you were talking about it on facebook yeah. you're like i got this idea anybody want to like a star wars show want to come talk about it's like well i'm not a star wars show but come talk about it because yeah holy cow you found somebody who's never seen star wars yeah yeah well i found actually even that i found a film student who had never seen star wars and wow. so, 
so w- right now, so we, on our Friday shows on Network 1901, we have rotating series. So sometimes I do a series called Explain This Book to Me, where Shannon, um, she reads like a young adult novel. Right now we're doing the Lunar Chronicles, and she explains them to me. Uh, it's kind of like a, in, a, a detailed summary. Then Josh did The World That Never Was, which is about uh Disneyland Disney projects that failed that didn't six like that didn't go through for some reason like Westcott or um some of the the Africa Pavilion in Epcot and things like that and so I thought I I want to do something interesting like that Josh did and so I had this friend who had yeah he never saw Star Wars before but I didn't want to just sit and watch all Star Wars and then talk about it what I what we've done is he is watching them chronologically and then he only watches them one at a time and he can't watch the next movie until we discuss the film. So because I really want him to take his time with that. I think when you binge watch stuff, it really changes your experience, you know? Um, and you, you know, you could be more forgiving and, and I, what we wanted to do is we wanted to test to see if it made the prequels better. Like he's a film student. He's no dummy. He knows good writing and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, and you'll, you figure that out pretty quick after he starts talking. Cause, uh, he's really educated on that stuff. So oh, that'll be good. Yeah. So, you know, our first episode, actually what we do is we get up his baseline. So, through pop culture and Family Guy and Simpsons and all that stuff, he knows stuff about Star Wars. So I wanted to yeah. know I wanted to know what he knew about Star Wars first. So that's our first episode, and then um, episode two of the show, uh, he had watched the Phantom Menace, and then we discuss it. So he actually watched the films for the very first time. Uh, episode one, episode two, episode three, Rogue One, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and then. This Thursday, we are going to watch uh, Force Awakens together, and then and then record right away. Oh wow! So I, I I gotta wonder what it was like that when having to watch such a cliffhanger ending of The Empire Strikes Back, and then having to wait before you can go to Return of the Jedi. I mean, for <laughs> for people who are you know, I was alive at the time when it came out, but I wasn't in the theaters to see this, uh, so I didn't have the whole three-year experience of like, oh my gosh, I wonder what happens in the next one, and and just waiting for three years before Return of the Jedi. I I, I would love to hear his thoughts on having to wait after such a cliffhanger ending, because I know myself, I cannot watch The Empire Strikes Back without immediately turning around to watch Return of the Jedi. You know, it, it's a bit of a spoiler, but by episode, uh, by like Attack of the Clones, he was like, all right, let's like, I, I uh, when do you want to record next? You know, like he... He really started like kind of pushing because he wanted to watch the next ones. He got he starts to become really invested in Star Wars, and it happens during the prequels. And <laughs> it, it's something that, as Star Wars fans, as people who've all seen Star Wars, we can't do what he's getting to do right now. And that's what right. I really wanted to offer people is an experience that we cannot experience. Like when you go on Reddit or anywhere on the internet, everyone argues on which order you should watch them in. But this is yeah. but this is an argument that's based on um, super fans and people who saw them in the you know in the order they were released, and so our opinion is skewed. 
Yeah. And uh, so he's kind of coming to his own conclusions and he has his own opinions. And, you know, like you know, the big plot hole of how the Death Star could be blown up is totally erased for him. That doesn't exist because he, <laughs> right. saw, he saw Rogue One. He knows exactly why the Death Star can be blown up. <laughs> so there's a lot of really cool stuff like that. And it's just been a blast uh, recording it with him. And I'm really sad that it's ending. Oh my goodness! Did you have him sit down and watch any of the Clone Wars animated series we've, or the animated film at least? Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, he he is interested in it. I think that what he should do is at least watch the Clone Wars um, shorts, the ones that were kind of more like Samurai Jack style. Oh, yeah, the Gindy Tartakovsky works. Those yeah. are much better anyway. Yeah, and I think just watch those, and then uh, you know Star Wars Rebels. To be honest, yes. like I like Clone Wars, and I know it get, it's good and it, it's and stuff, but. I, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like there's a lot of seasons there. It's a lot of content to kind of get through. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that uh, everyone enjoys watching big, like, you know, 80 episodes of something. Yeah. And all six seasons are about to get pulled from Netflix on March 7th. So you'd really, if <laughs> you're running out of methods to watch it. Yeah. It'll come back though. Uh, yeah. I hope so. Well, I'm hoping though, with the gap of taking the Clone Wars out, they'll put Star Wars Rebels in because uh, somewhere in the middle of, of season two episodes I hadn't watched yet on my DVR got removed because I recorded too many movies for around Halloween time or something. <laughs> and so I lost a bunch of episodes. And so I've actually been stopped on on viewing rebels and so i'm i'm missing everything i've got it all recording but i'm like i gotta go and find these other episodes and i have to have time and i figured well before yeah. i go after those i'm gonna go back and finish watching the clone wars because i'm actually still in the middle of, of season six myself yeah uh, so i'm trying to hurry and watch those because it actually started to tie into rebels a little bit with darth maul and some of the things that they established with him and so i wanted to get that full experience so yeah. it has been fun going back and watching it yeah, no, and, and, and they're good, and they're it's good. Nice. It's just it's it, it can be quite an undertaking for some people. Oh, yes. But it, it will help, I think, in understanding some of the stuff. Uh, I don't know if you've been reading any of the books, but I, I've started reading the Ahsoka novel, and it's referencing some things that happened when uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are going off to go and rescue Palpatine, and it's actually taking place at the beginning. And there's like so She keeps flashing back to Mandalore and where she's trying to help her friend that's established in the Clone Wars series that is like the Queen of Mandalore. Yeah, well, no, I guess yeah. the Queen was killed but uh, but she's going and trying to help and I, I don't know how that works when she has left the Jedi Order and she's there with Anakin and Obi-Wan and separated so I'm thinking well maybe the Clone Wars series has the answers I'm looking for. Yeah, Either I'm going to hit it in, later on in the book. Yeah, well, uh, cause she just, she goes gray Jedi, right? Like she's... right. Well, she leaves the Jedi Order yeah, entirely. Yeah, but so like... She leaves the order, sure, but you know, like she's still living certain principles and and can right. use the force and stuff like that. You know, I, I think it is hard sometimes to separate the idea of a Jedi from a trained force user, <laughs> 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 yeah. right? Like the Je- Jedi are the religion, you know, and and you can be like Maz Kanata and be a force user and not um and and not be a Jedi. Yeah, and that's that's definitely where we find her in the this novel. Uh, it does mention that she got her lightsabers back from Anakin there on that last day, uh, and it's I'm, I am going to go ahead and recommend the book to anyone. It is very interesting because you have someone who's now from the the age we've left her in the Clone Wars up to this point, uh, where she's about eighteen, nineteen years old, living in fear 
that she is the only one left and that there's an extermination for anyone connected with the Jedi. And she figures Anakin's dead, Obi-Wan's dead. She figures they're all gone and she's the only one left and she's been living in seclusion and in hiding. And that's a very interesting setup. Uh, I haven't gotten to the main plot of the book yet because reading college textbooks does not allow you a lot of time to read novels, unfortunately. Yeah, well, actually, last season of Star Wars Rebels, uh, in the end, it answers a lot of those questions. Ooh, okay. So I got something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. I just got to get a chance to go back. Yeah, because uh, there's a couple characters, three characters in particular that you mentioned that come and interact with each other. Oh, and I'm waiting on because I know it happened where Ahsoka got to have a run in with Darth Vader and find out who he is. Yeah, and Maul. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah. Oh, which... I guess he already knew about Darth Vader being... Well, yeah, because he got to watch Anakin become Darth Vader, so it isn't really a shock when Luke finds out later for him. Uh, or did, was he already familiar with uh, Anakin becoming Darth Vader? Oh, uh, is he... Was he shocked? No, because that's one of the things that he that he knows and everyone knows. Yeah, it's like, hard to hide from that truth. No, and it you never... Even, you know... Yeah, there's because the whole the whole prequels were advertised as like find out where Darth Vader came from. <laughs> so, so he was around for that. Yeah, he's alive, you know. So it just yeah, yeah and he wasn't he you know he still is a film student. And he still was connected to society. It, it, it would have it, it's you know that would be a very rare you would be a kid maybe or a really old person who didn't was like one of the only ones who didn't go see star wars in theaters i don't know right. i don't know who you know they're, they're out there but um yeah no there's other revelations and it's other things like you wouldn't even think of that he finds interesting like um palpatine senator uh palpatine was probably the biggest twist for him wow yeah that was completely and you in the episodes you'll hear me be like oh yeah that's what you think i'm like oh he's like oh no i think he probably becomes more evil right he seems kind of and i'm like oh no no <laughs> 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 uh, so it's been uh-huh. yeah it's been it's been a real blast uh like everything at network 19 has been fun and the 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 new show um that Shan- like uh it's me hosting and then shannon or josh josh is from modern mouse radio which is the wednesday show on network 1901 um they they rotate and that's been that's been a lot of fun. We've been having some technical difficulties. It's hard to 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 uh, do this across countries because Josh lives in Disneyland. Like he lives ten minutes away now. So we actually every Friday on the YouTube channel have been having videos straight from Disneyland, um, and we're trying to kind of keep getting more and more of that type of, type of content. So it's been uh, it's been really exciting. Yeah, I think I remember uh, on uh, the Decast. I think you've uh, talked about some of Josh's videos before. Yeah, uh, I think even before you started 19, Network nineteen oh one. That's been a long time ago. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, J- Josh. Like Josh was the biggest reason why I wanted to start Network nineteen oh one. Like I pitched it to him about starting. Like, hey, because we're not like we're not like a we're not like the nerdist. It's not like that. It's basically just three different show podcasts a week on one subscription. You know, it it would be like if you and Disney DNA podcast and like another pod ed, like got together and just people subscribe to one subscription and then they get three different shows. Uh, so it's kind of sort of like I, I'm I'm part of Weeby Geeks and there's actually a feed for the Weeby Geeks yeah. for everybody who's on our network. If you wanted to listen to everything, 
So, yeah. And there are some other Disney shows, actually, on the Weeby Geeks, except for some of them are a bit more adult, which I have to warn everybody, Disney After Dark, adult show. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I was on a show called Star Wars After Hours, which uh, they, they lean towards that uh, that as well, but they were great guys. Um, there's a lot, Star Wars is starting to become like, Star Wars podcasts are starting to become like Disney podcasts now, where it's, there's... Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. But that's kind of why, mm. I, that's why I like that with Network 1901, we do Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, you know, similar to you. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we're able to kind of just cover like geekdom, but we've been focusing on like culture and, you know, um, the scented candles or people on Instagram and Etsy and stuff like that, because um, it's just important to be a part of the culture and, and there's such a rich culture there. And the Josh and Angie actually run their own business called Modern Mouse Boutique and they make custom made Mickey ears, which are they're to this day and this is not because they're my friends now but uh to this day i've not seen mickey ears that come anywhere close to their designs and and level of quality they're they're phenomenal i think i've actually seen some of those designs it sounds very familiar i'm pretty sure i've seen yeah they have these amazing um, maui ones right now and they just released a bunch of beauty and the beast ones and uh they're just they're phenomenal i know it kind of sounds like a plug but i'm like if you if you, but <laughs> but like if people love like if they want mickey ears like friend or not there would be no other place i'd get them from like they're just modern mouse boutique just i know the amount of work that she puts into it and the results are just amazing wow I can say at some point I, I can relate to you with uh, getting to walk through the Star Wars experience with someone. This is kind of a fun story. Uh, this was before my best friend married this girl. Uh, but when they had first met, uh, she was someone who had worked with my wife at a, at a state park during the summers. And she still works for that state park system. My wife doesn't uh, all the time. But we brought them together at a Christmas party and they met and it was, it was a stormy winter storm. And so the only ones that showed up is when my wife went to go, to go pick up this girl. And then I went to go pick up my best friend, Philip, who many people will know from the show, lost boy, Philip from Neverland. Uh, so they had met and kind of got interested in each other and we're about to start dating. And we found out that Amanda had never seen any star Wars movies. Oh, geez. Red so, flag. So we actually, <laughs> yeah, well, no, she was willing to sit and watch them. Oh, yeah. She was a big fan of Lord of the Rings. We thought, well, if you like Lord of the Rings, you're going to love star Wars. Why, why, and we actually, why is that? Why, why, why do we, cause I made the same, I said the same thing to, to Andrew and he's like, no, I don't like, I don't want to watch Lord of the Rings. Why, why do you and I think that? Because Star Wars is a fantasy story in a sci-fi environment. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I agree. That's probably what it so is. So if you can enjoy a good fantasy with fairy tales and stuff and everything that Lord of the Rings brings to the table, you're going to sit and love Star Wars. Even if you're not really a fan of sci-fi, you're going to find your gateway into sci-fi through Star Wars. Well, I find that the I find the opposite is more people are resistant to fantasy fantasy than they are to sci-fi. Because like there are people like that yeah. because your big your big movie blockbusters usually are like kind of sci fi oriented you know even if it's like a disaster mm-hmm. film or you know you've had <laughs> Armageddon and things like that and you know but I feel like fantasy has kind of been strictly you know for your big box office Lord of the Rings and uh, yeah and then The Hobbit so I don't know yeah I'm I've, I've been trying to convince him that we should do discovering Lord of the Rings because he hasn't seen Lord of the Rings and he hasn't seen Harry Potter any of the Harry Potters either oh my goodness. Um, so I'm trying to whittle, windle him down on those because he, he's a really funny guy. But anyways, your awesome story. Sorry. <laughs> you know, what I would actually do is start him maybe reading a Harry Potter book 
because actually the the first Harry Potter film I saw, I compared it too much to Star Wars because it is a ripoff of some of the character archetypes and also a lot of borrowed things from mythology. With you've got a Cerberus there, and and I the first time I actually watched the Sorcerer's Stone, I was really like meh, but then I got curious enough to actually read the third book. And that pulled me in because the, the books are definitely so much better. So if you can get him to read one of the books, you might get him. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. So we it's worth a shot, I guess. Uh, but we actually had her over. We did movie nights with her for a while because we realized, okay – she has not seen a lot of different movies. She needs to sit down and watch a lot of these movies, starting with Star Wars. And so we had her uh, – it was funny, though, sitting there watching A New Hope because we were going to have her watch them in order because the prequels are – you know, we weren't sure if that would be a way to get somebody hooked. So we thought, well, let's get her hooked with these original ones. And she's sitting there, and she knows a little bit from prequels or whatever. And so she saw Leia, and she's like, oh, is that going to be like Luke Skywalker's mother? Or what is that? And, you know. oh, that's so funny. she starts asking <laughs> questions from mixing stuff that she had already heard, but not knowing the specific details. And we're just like, oh, just watch, because we don't want to say anything. We're just like, nope, nope, we're not spoiling it. Just, just watch and enjoy, watch and enjoy. Uh, and we got her through the entire trilogy in the course of about, I think, about three weeks. We did a movie night, and she ended up enjoying it. And then after a while, uh, I think Philip says he did finally get her to sit down and watch the prequels. Because I think she had heard so much that a lot of people didn't enjoy the prequels that she was kind of skeptical on it. Uh, I, so I think she has watched it. I haven't heard if she ended up enjoying them, but I know she's a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. So then that's the funny thing is Philip doesn't like Lord of the Rings. That's exactly as you were saying, where he'll enjoy a good sci-fi, but he can't get into some fantasy stuff. Although he loves like the old classic Conan the Barbarian, but oh, yeah. stuff like the Dark Crystal doesn't like it. Lord of the Rings doesn't like it. And, hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can't account yeah, for everybody. The, but yeah. he loves Willow. Oh, okay. Well, how oh, weird. Willow's like the fantasiest of them all, really. Like that it, is the most fairy tale like yeah, of the fantasy yeah. films, really. Um, I mean, that's and I really would love a, a sequel to that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, jeez. There's a uh, legend is a good one. That's and one yes, I think indeed. like you could get people into some fantasy there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't freak everybody out, but that's what Tim Curry does. He freaks people out anyway. Well, so. <laughs> in no sense. Uh, yeah, he's that. he's a bit scary, you know, with big devil horns and everything. But uh, yeah, boy, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Oh, great, great, great costume design, great set design. Yeah. Ridley Scott directed, like Tom Cruise. Cruise is like third film he did. Phenomenal, <laughs> just so good. Um, yes, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's trying. I think that the one thing too with like the this uh, discovering Star Wars, with the thing that we're also trying to do is is to like create a definitive way to watch star wars like i think if at the end if andrew feels like this enriched his experience by watching the prequels and watching them chronologically and having a richer story behind everything people won't be so afraid to show people the prequels yeah it's possible because because the prequels are going to continue to play a really important part in Star Wars canon, you know, mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt, in my mind, um, Darth Plagueis is Anakin Skywalker's father. Whether or not that plays into anything else later in the movies is up for debate, but Palpatine sits there in the opera and tells Anakin straight up that it's his dad and that you can create life with this these Force powers and stuff, and you know, I I think we've we've we can't gloss over the prequels. I think they're very important. There's been very important pieces pieces of information in in the prequels, and I we shouldn't just ignore them. 
Yeah. And yeah, you, we, we don't use the fathered in the typical sense because this was like using the force to invoke midichlorians to create life, which I, I still wonder if Plagueis did it or if Palpatine did it. Because I'm pretty sure Palpatine knows what Plagueis knows. Because after he'd learned all the secrets from Plagueis, Palpatine killed him. So did Palpatine initiate Anakin or did Plagueis? A- Anakin's too old for it. Um, I-, I think that you-, you could be right, but I think Anakin's a little bit too old for it. I think it was Plagueis's plan that um, that then Palpatine takes over. Because if you kind of gauge his relationship in and his kind of um, his oh, how do you say like political aspirations if you will when he's on Naboo he's such a real upstart you know like and he gets promoted through the ranks pretty quickly and it doesn't seem like he had been he was a little bit younger than all of the other councilmen and stuff like that so there's no saying how long he had been on Naboo for and I would say that he probably got to Naboo around some time, or at least was more involved in the council around some time after he killed Darth Plagueis. And so that would make Anakin probably a little bit too uh, young, or too old, I mean. But either way, if the Emperor created Plagueis, I mean, it crea- or or Anakin, created maybe. Anakin. If, if yeah. either way, that's that that is told to you in the prequels, which is an important yes, that, which is an important thing that we can't overlook. Um, yes, that is a crucial and scary scene in a lot of ways. I love the the, the tones of the music and the opera going on to the low rumbles as you get this whole mm-hmm. story spelled out for you. The very and- the very Snoke feeling music. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to find some connections to Snoke, which we don't know. I'm not even going to speculate. I'm excited to find out what we learn about Snoke in the next film. Well, I was I actually I actually was one of the first people to come up with the theory that um, that Snoke is Darth Plagueis and that Darth Plagueis. My whole thing right now with Star Wars is that Kylo Ren doesn't hasn't uh, hasn't had jealousy yet. There's no jealousy for part of his fall to the dark side. And he really needs to have that jealousy. And so Ray, I think he knows of a prophecy where a girl can interfere. And that's why he said, like, what girl? And so what's going to happen, I think, is you're going to have Hayden Christensen return in episode eight. And Luke Skywalker had been talking with all the ghost Jedis the whole time. Like, he trains with them and he he that's, he talks to them as, for, as counsel. And I don't think he allowed Kylo Ren to do that. And that's what made Kylo Ren leave Luke and have the Knights of Ren betray him. And I think that uh, Luke is going to let Rey talk with the ghosts and train with Anakin and train with Yoda and train with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that is going to make Kylo Ren infurious with like rage with jealousy. And because like, why is he letting her do it? And why didn't he let me do it? Because, you know, he never talked to Anakin Skywalker's ghost because he thinks that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker and not the Anakin Skywalker. We know he becomes in the end of Return of the Jedi. So I think that is that, you know, jealousy has to play into a part of his fall. That would be an interesting twist. Yeah. And I still wonder if uh, Ray could possibly be his twin sister, and they've maybe somehow or another, when that all this went wrong, they had to wipe her memory somehow. And so that's why she was able to so quickly pick up on using the Force, because she had been trained, but she had forgotten all of it. 
and the force awakening within her is basically her starting to remember and starting to feel the force again and maybe come back to herself or she could be luke's daughter see that's still a possibility it's um i kind of don't like i don't uh, it's one i actually think the force awakens refers to the force awakening in um in finn because the force is being used by other people already so like maz kanata had um, made reference to it poe dameron is clearly force sensitive because one he tended and grew a force tree with his parents on yavin 4 after luke gave his mom a force tree to look after and the way he flies his uh x-wing is unlike everybody else so he's force sensitive but the reason why i think the force awakens is a reference to uh finn being touched by the force was because he he broke like he became this different person to the point where kylo ren felt him kylo ren felt his presence and kylo ren pays mm. no mind to stormtroopers but he yeah but suddenly he notices but this he one. notices this one and to the point of when he mentioned what storm when they mentioned what stormtrooper was being an issue he knew exactly who he was talking about because something awoken inside of him that would be an interesting twist for things because uh, because Ray, we got so much focus yeah, on Ray yeah. that we be kind of cool to see that Finn also is sensitive. Well, Ray, Ray I'm guessing you're you're referring to some of the the Poe Dameron comics. Um, no, that, in uh, it's um, uh, Star Wars Aftermath. Oh, I haven't read that one. It, yeah, there, but I know there's some Poe Dameron comics, and there I did yeah. see in some Star Wars comics where they did have yeah. Poe's parents. Yes, uh, yeah, those are the, those are the aftermath. Or the are they aftermath, or is it battle? Ma- I don't know. But um, it, it's a four series comic, and yeah, basically Poe's mom and goes on missions with everybody, like Luke and Leia and Han, and, and but Luke is the last one, and he finds two Force trees in Emperor Palpatine's like uh, complex, and he gives one for her to look after, and he takes and Luke takes one back to the back to the island that he's at and I think I think I remember and, this it's been yeah. a while since I read that yeah. but yeah I think I remember what you're talking about and I think that's how he convenes with all the spirit ghosts and I think you're going to have like an avatar the last airbender slash Korra legend of Korra type thing with Ray because I yeah, um, never and, watched it <laughs> uh, you really should it's phenomenal and I keep trying but it's too childish well yeah you have to <laughs> and even for me you know no, the the th- th- never you got it you got to give a few like if you give if you uh, watch like a few episodes into season one it is one of the most adult shows that's ever been made so like it its childishness was because it was on a cartoon and they needed to have kids watch it but it has one of the most adult story arcs of our time is the legend um after last airbender and legend of korra one of the best stories that's ever that's ever been written so but um yeah so anyway uh, but i think yeah that um Ray's been using the Force. Ray can talk to droids, and mm-hmm. she can. Well, that's not really a Force power. Be able to talk to droids. You just is have it to not learn their language? Is it not? How do we know? Yeah, because how did she? Luke could not could not really understand R two except for in the X wing when he had it printed on the screen. But Ray, being more of a technician and having been a salvager and knowing all these type of things, has apparently learned the binary language of some droids. Well, so she's able to pick up on it. Well, actually, which and- it does mention, like in some of the books that are no longer canon, that Luke eventually has learned to understand R two D two without using the uh, the translators in the X wing. Yeah, because after a while you do pick it up. But, but somehow or another, it seems Ray maybe. 
because her more technical background has already learned how to communicate with various droids. I think that there are people who can like who learn how to communicate with droids. And I think that there's a force there's force abilities that allow you to communicate with droids because she Anakin is the same way. Anakin can just talk to rope machines and just build machines just like she can. And I don't think she had to sit in the desert learning how to speak binary. I think that the, like the fact that BB-8 even like he's he would technically speak a different language. Um, you know, he's a he, she wouldn't even have met that type of droid before uh, and she can communicate with it. And her all of her force abilities uh, mirror Anakin's force abilities. So I, I just... Which is interesting, isn't it? Yes, very. And, well, especially because <laughs> her upbringing is very mirrored to Anakin's upbringing as well. Yes. And especially if you think that Snoke, again, I, I, if Snoke is the creator of Anakin, um, then is he was he trying to recreate Anakin with Rey? So... Which is a scary, weird thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, that's one of those things. You know, I'm going to try to keep an open mind because it you, we could have the craziest things, but it it might also be something that we have never even considered. Oh you yeah, know, I, I hope saw, it is. You never know. <laughs> I hope. I hope. I the best thing to happen to me, like I don't mean to be thinking all these thoughts, but they just come into my <laughs> my head. And the best thing to have happen would not for me to be validated. Would for them to come up with something different than I could think of. You know it. I don't want to sit there and just be like, yep, I knew it. Well, you know, that wouldn't be, no one, no one will care. You know? Yeah, exactly. Sort of like, uh, there's people who manage to predict every wrestling event. And if you sit with them trying to watch a wrestling pay-per-view or whatever, and you hear them say, well, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And then when it does, they're like, see, then like, yeah, you just ruined the whole yeah. fun of this for I, us. Now. I, Congratulations. Every, ar- <laughs> every armchair booker sucks. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I, here's the thing. When I watched SummerSlam and Finn Balor won the title, I jumped for joy. I was like crying. I was like so happy. And people were like, you know, and I, so my friend was like, oh, yeah, I hope it's better. Like SummerSlam was terrible. And I was like, what? SummerSlam was amazing. I had such a great time. And it, it had like the biggest pop and such a great payoff. And then they're like, yeah, but this match was not that great. This match wasn't that great. And I'm like, well, what about John Cena? And they're like, okay, so two good matches. And I'm like, um, okay, well, I'll continue to just enjoy wrestling where you can make it so you can make it and focus on it so much that you hate it because that seems more fun, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I've kind of walked away from watching regularly because it's it gets to be a commitment to try to watch two shows in every oh, yeah. pay per view. Yeah, I think uh, I think and I, just stick to the pay per views. Yeah, it, it get, got a little lacking there for a while, but I did come back and watch the Royal Rumble, although I was a little <laughs> disappointed in that. I, I yeah. hope to see a lot more. You know, legendary superstars suddenly make appearances in the Royal Rumble. I love that when somebody comes out from obscurity to like, hey, remember this guy? He's in the Rumble now. I, and they really didn't do that. And to have Roman Reigns come back and win it again is like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> I like, like, I get it. It's nice to have people, legendary people come in and then wrestle. Mm-hmm. But you know they're never going to win. So it kind of actually. <laughs> True. It kind of. But it's fun to see yeah. them. It just makes you feel good. It's like watching your childhood come back it, sometimes. Is it fun to see Undertaker? I don't know. I, like, it was fun to see. It like is for me, if, for the la- I Undertaker was my number one for years, like number one. But he's not Undertaker anymore. He's just some like old guy who just is cashing a paycheck still. 
you know. Well, it's still nice to see him, you know. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, it was it was one of the greatest things. Granted, I've probably I've seen him before in a live event, but uh, last time I was at a, a Raw event is when uh, this when they were going to do the rematch at WrestleMania between him and Triple H, and the Undertaker just came out and they had that stare down. That was yeah. just great to be there, sitting live in the audience to see the Undertaker come out making his grand entrance at the time. Oh yeah, you know, it's just one of the things I can chalk up to say I've seen a big Undertaker entrance where he oh, yeah. slowly takes his time and. That was when they were using a Johnny Cash song for him to come in. Yeah. The Ain't No Grave, which is now in a Pirates of the Caribbean. Look, Disney. <laughs> there you I, go. We I got always to find a way to tie it in. Wrestling back to Disney. That's so funny. <laughs> uh. That's how this show works. I can go and talk He-Man or some obscure thing and find a way to connect it back. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> That's funny. That's the way I do it. <laughs> We roll that way. Uh, but I see that we were coming up on half an hour, and you said you had some things you need to go take care of. So Yeah. We'll it hurts my heart. I, it hurts my heart. I've been having a fun time geeking out about Star Wars. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we can come, I'll you come, can come back on, on some and time. geek out on some stuff yeah. again. You yeah. know, we just, I, you know, when you got things you got to do, you yeah. got things no. you got to do. Yeah, fair enough. I appreciate it. Thank you for being so accommodating. It's been awesome to come on. And, uh, yeah, again, if you guys want to check out anything I'm doing on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google, whatever, just look up Network 1901. All our shows are there, or you can go to network1901.com if that is too hard to do. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we 